Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. This hypersonic missile is the culmination, the Chinese stealing their way to the top. We can see things get very, very tense over Taiwan. There's been zero transparency from the Biden administration. When you look at what's in the bill, it's concerning. Nancy Pelosi is going to hold it hostage. They're going to keep you know, creating this, this crisis. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Tuesday. For our listeners to the southern part of our listening area down towards Wilmington, uh, congratulations or condolences, I guess, would be better. Pulitzer Prize journalist, winner journalist, Nicole Hannah-Jones is uh, coming to North Carolina to speak at UNC Wilmington in November. Hannah-Jones will discuss her award-winning 1619 project. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one, Clark. Uh, Yeah, so apparently it's going to be a class on fictional writing, I guess. Yeah, you know, when when that came out, it was... What there was a letter penned by twenty plus historians, true historians in the United States. From Sound what a load from not not from the most conservative colleges in the United oh. States. Yeah, basically saying it was a piece of fiction. When pushed on it, a piece of it, fiction is being kind. Yeah, when pushed on it, she said, "Well, it was more than a piece of history; it was really a piece of journalism." <laughs> well, you know, I like to ask UNCW this. Um, if it's journalism, if it's opinion, who's going to be uh, opposing their opinion on it? From yeah, because you know, if that's what she's talking about, why don't you invite uh, one of the award-winning Princeton professors that happens to be a liberal that said it was a piece of garbage? It's just huh? the universities um, is just I don't know. We have universities very close by that when I look at their list of people that come in, and it's just. Clearly, clearly, they're trying to indoctrinate people and not, right. I mean, and not and do the other side. Never yeah. the other side. Now, I mean, if you have a group of young Republicans, they've got to do all kinds of gymnastics to get their speaker in. And, of course, then the woke crowd gets all upset, and then the administration says, oh, we can't bring them in for safety issues. Or even, yeah, not necessarily Republican, but a libertarian. Say, say, um, Say um, someone like Ben Shapiro or something. Yeah. You know, they would be protest, and one, they oh, yeah. probably just wouldn't allow it. But Carolina Journal is reporting the first piece of negative propaganda, mail, political, whatever you want to call it. Um, it actually comes from a group that is a uh, super PAC that is supporting Pat McCory. It attacks Ted Budd saying that Ted Budd and George Soros are forever linked. It goes back to the same story that Ted Budd was an investor in a uh, company called Agrobiotech, which also George Soros's one of his companies was an investor in this. Ted Budd's father was involved in the running of the business. Ted Budd was not. They filed for bankruptcy in 2000. And uh, apparently there were a number of farmers who did not receive seed that were supposed to, to the tune of, uh, I think in North Carolina it was the tune of about $400,000, something like that, across the nation. 
it was a lot more than that. But anyway, the um, this piece, this mailer, which uh, if you are a likely Republican voter, you'll probably be getting it this week, basically takes uh, Ted Budd to task, uh, saying that uh, he and George Soros are uh, tied at the hip. Yeah, I, I haven't seen this mailer yet. I'm sure I'll get it being um, a unaffiliated in North Carolina. I get a lot of things mailed to me because I'm unaffiliated, registered. But I, I saw the actual um, piece that came out some weeks ago from the PAC and just had it all detailed out. And, and I'm not saying who, what candidate I'm supporting, but it's a stretch. <laughs> it's a real stretch to tie George Soros to yeah. Ted Budd. I mean, just, you know, but that's that's the political game. I mean, it's, um, you know, you, you look for connections, no 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 matter how far they are. But uh, I, the name of the pack is the Carolina Senate Fund. And the thing that surprised me the most about the uh, – this this fund is Art Pope, who was very conservative, donated a hundred thousand dollars to this fund. Pope owns a variety of wholesalers, operates uh, Roses Discount Stores. Now, you know, if there was a pack out there that supported Ted Budd, maybe he gave a hundred thousand dollars to that as well. I don't know, mm-hmm. but uh, that that sort of surprised me that Art Pope uh, would be contributing to to that. I just thought. I, and again, I'm not saying one way or the other, but uh, that that surprised me. I, w- I would have thought Art Pope would have been more in the Ted Budd camp, to tell you the truth. It has been 96 days since President Joe Biden has held a formal press conference, and uh, he has announced that he will be having a town hall in Baltimore <laughs> on Thursday with, guess what? CNN. I got to say, is it uh, pretty, pretty Boy Floyd uh, Vanderbilt's uh, Gloria Vanderbilt's son? I can't even think of his name. Oh, right yeah. Now. Um, yeah. Um, Cooper. Cooper. Anderson, Anderson Cooper. Cooper. I mean, he's going to toss up softballs like he did last or time. Or? Don Lamont. Yeah, Don Lamont. Um, so it'd be in Baltimore now. Oh, by the it will be Anderson Cooper. We'll moderate. Yeah. There you go. Um, starts at 8 p.m. However, there is a catch. A CNN spokesperson said it is an invitation-only audience. <laughs> um, so you have to be invited. And vetted. And Clearly vetted. vetted. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's because—now, it's not because Joe can't answer questions. It's because of the COVID-19 guidance and regulations. <laughs> and you know—no, well, I guess it was just yesterday that Joe was in the news for not following COVID-19 guidance at a restaurant over the weekend— yeah, the biggest mask hole in America, and he was taught, he was caught without his mask. So it's all about COVID nineteen. Yeah, right. That is laughable. <laughs> I mean, it is obvious. So they can get the questions, type out the answers, put them up on the teleprompter, and Joe will still screw up the answers. Yeah, and what's so funny about it? I, I can already predict this. I mean, there will be someone that will ask a question that sounds like it came from. Um, a Republican. The, uh, or, we or, know the political correspondent with the, the major news network, and you can tell that the person couldn't spell cat if you gave him C and the T. <laughs> I mean, I can see it already, and I can even see what the person looks like. Anyway, um, everybody, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure this will satisfy all kinds of 
conservatives across the nation. Now, the the Jen Psaki's of the world will now. Uh, well, how he held a press conference? He had a town hall. What are you talking about? Well, you know, with Joe, you know, he he doesn't stay up too late. Do you think they'll have it before the four thirty uh, Calabash Seafood Buffet for him? Well, it says eight o'clock now. <laughs> if it's invitation only, and the questions have to be submitted ahead of time, which they do. I don't think I said that earlier. It'll be at 8 o'clock, but it'll be on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, it'll be 8 o'clock, but it'll be pre-recorded at 2 yeah. p.m. Mm. Um, you talked about this yesterday, the fact that uh, the IRS was going to investigate any transactions a bank might occur in a bank of $600, and you'd mentioned the fact that it's already on the books that any transactions of $10,000 has been on the books for a while. Uh, you know, they're trying to fight uh, the, the drug problem. I, that's been on the books for probably 20 years, I would guess. It's, I've been in the business for 32 years, and I, I don't remember it not being okay. there. Well, maybe, maybe it was in the—I know it was pre-9-11, um, pre-the Patriot Act. It was back at least back in the 90s, early Well, 90s. apparently there's been so many complaints that the Biden administration has said— that they're going to lift the monitoring of accounts from six hundred dollars to ten thousand. Hmm. Now, what I want to know is I'm shaping policy. If it, if it, yeah, there you go. <laughs> they were they're listening to news and views, and uh, Benny told them what to do, and they did. Hey, it. we're big time. We're worldwide. <laughs> now, know? listen. If if they do everything Benny tells them to do, <laughs> hmm. I'll just leave it at that. I got some things I want to tell them to do. <laughs> the. Um, Let's but go, Brandon. But, Let's but, go, Brandon. But, but here's my question: <laughs> if, it, if it's already on the books, then why why do you have it in there at all? Why didn't they just come out and say, "Well, we'll we'll eliminate that"? Because you've already got the ten thousand dollars. Yeah, there. and the ten thousand dollars is for for cash. Uh, this is any transaction. Oh, that's true. So that's true. you know, wire transfers, deposits, or or whatever. And, and then this would be applied to businesses and individuals. I'm assuming. Yeah, individuals. That's. Mm. I mean, b- businesses deposit ten thousand dollars on a daily basis. I mean, that. Well, anyway, it's control. It's uh, I, I, you know, will will this even pass? I've said it before, folks. If you have not read nineteen eighty four, I read it. <clears throat> I actually, I read it in nineteen eighty four. Did you really? Yep. And uh, it's coming to pass. It's it's. I'm telling you, it's it was, and that was written what? It was written in nineteen forty eight, maybe somewhere in that neighborhood. Something like that. It's very prophetic, no doubt. The Daily Wire is reporting Stacey Abrams, who lost her bid for the Georgia governor's uh, race in 2018. She was up this weekend campaigning for Terry McAuliffe, who was running for the uh, governor of Virginia, as you know. Uh, during her remarks, Abrams spoke about voting rights, an issue she said she has spoken out about since she lost to Governor Brian Kemp. Abrams has repeatedly claimed that voter suppression fueled her loss. I'm quoting her here. Just because you win doesn't mean you won. Now, she didn't say whether or not she was talking to Joe or not. She went on to say that uh, we've got folks who are ready to take back what they think is theirs, but they're not entitled to our progress. They're not entitled to our justice. They're not entitled to our vote. How can you have your justice? I mean, Mm. justice is justice, right? She's delusional. I come from a state, she wanted to say, I come from a state where I was not entitled to become governor. (laughs) Uh, No, you're not entitled 
to become governor. Nobody is entitled to become governor. Now, I know you think you are entitled. This whole entitlement mentality obviously has permeated her so much that she thinks if I run for the governor of Georgia that I am entitled. She really she really thinks that. Yeah, she does. But, you know, she has told this lie so much. I, it, <clears throat> there's a psychological term for it. If someone's got it, text me. But if you tell a lie long enough, you, you start to believe it. And mm-hmm. I think she truly believes it. What she really means is, you know, I lost because I didn't ballot harvest. I didn't cure votes like I did this last election. And if I had, I'd have won. Right. That's what she really she really knows that. And if you're against saying. me cheating like that, then there's something wrong with you. Yep. You're racist. So <laughs> she's campaigning. She's speaking for Terry McAuliffe, who's running against Glenn Youngkin. And she's speaking at Second Calvary Baptist Church and Faith and Deliverance Christian Center. And she said during her speech that voting is an act of faith. Now, she is electioneering in churches. Kamala Harris oh, yeah. videos. has recorded a video that's going to be played in 300 black churches throughout Virginia on election, uh, between now and Election Day. Have you listened to one of those videos? Uh-uh. I listened to one earlier today. And I, I don't, you know, de- Democrats are, are, I mean, known to do this. Hillary Clinton's done it a million times. Joe Biden, you, you just name them. But when they go to black churches. They uh, suddenly have this dialect. You should listen to her. Well, well first of all, she's not very well, intelligent. Obama did it, too. It, it's, I, I don't see how anyone there, when they see her on TV and the way she presents herself on TV and talks, and then she patronizes them like that in this video, that, that, that how it would not turn them off. Well, here's the bigger question. You're an accountant. Do you think the IRS is going to take away the taxes exempt status from these black churches? No. Mm. No. Well, you know, they, they a, a church, um, you know, by, by definition, is a tax-exempt entity. Um, you know, they don't have to apply for it. And so generally the IRS doesn't, they don't go after them unless they're... Uh, well, if you're a conservative, they would. Well, you know, you start to build amusement parks and, and drive limousines and have airplanes and stuff, you know, that kind of happens, but I, they're not going to go after now, them. Now, no. listen, now, now I'm not, I am, I am against the, the Johnson amendment from the 1960s where, you know, he came in and didn't want churches and whatnot to start campaigning, and so he, he passed his... Uh, uh, tax policy, and mm-hmm. so you can't, you know, endorse a candidate. I think churches and pastors ought to be able to endorse whoever they want to endorse. Now, I'm not saying that that is good theology necessarily. Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't think they should be muzzled. I think outside the, <clears throat> I mean, just my personal opinion, you agree or disagree, but outside, I think a pastor should be able to do whatever he wants to. But when you're inside God's house, it should be about your faith and and that's it no, that, no, that's I, my personal opinion i i don't disagree with that i'm not saying they should do it but i, I i'm saying that they ought to they could do it right but legally i don't think they should be muzzled but but you, but you know you, you talk about the irs going after conservatives organizations now i specifically experienced that back when obama was in office and i was working on a tax-exempt organization's application um just based simply on the name there was a lot of assumptions made, and the Cincinnati office of the IRS, I experienced that being treated differently because 
it was appeared to be a conservative organization. And, you know, the one that Obama denied happening, um, his IRS director at the time, you know, she testified for Congress. Oh, yeah. I can't even remember her name now. But uh, um, Lena something. Yeah. But it was true. They went after conservative organizations yeah. that I experienced it. I outsmarted them. But uh, anyway. We got to take a time out. Stay with us. News and Views continues right after this. Costumes. Let's see. Batman, Dracula, a zombie, and, oh, let's see. What are you supposed to be? I'm like, um, a news anchor? Oh, my God. No, not CNN. I'm a good anchor. The news is full of tricks and treats. Your afternoon hosts will fill your bag, even when the news is too scared up. Now, back to news and views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right. 12 days until Halloween. Coming up. Or as some people like Fauci to... Fauci uh, said we could have Halloween, you know. Yes, thank you, mm-hmm. doctor. Um, today is National New Friends Day. That's exciting. So if you're uh, like Joe, you can uh, go in and uh, meet your staff again this morning and on, all man. be new friends because you didn't remember them from yesterday. <laughs> Take a look at the weather forecast. Mostly clear tonight, low around 48. Lots of sunshine for the remainder of the week. Tomorrow's high will be 79. Tomorrow's night's low with clear skies, 53. Sunday, uh, Sunday, sunny on Thursday, high near 81. So a uh, good looking weather forecast for uh, the remainder of the week. There is a chance of rain coming in Friday night. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. And uh, the clubhouse is gorgeous. It would be the perfect place for you to hold your, whether it be family and friends or company, uh, give them a call and schedule your Christmas party. They are still taking reservations, but you better hurry up because it's filling up quick. Give them a call, 252-752-4653. Enjoy Ironwood throughout the holidays. Also, if you're looking for gifts, they've got a a pro shop full of uh, golf equipment, golf apparel, clothing, and uh, here's a good idea. Go get uh, dad or mom or whoever the golfer is in your family or people who want to be a golfer. Go out and get them uh, some golf lessons with John LaMonica, no better teacher in eastern North Carolina. Or uh, get them uh, gift certificates for rounds of golf. There you go. And, hey, if you get a gift certificate for rounds of golf, you don't have to worry about uh, the delivery issues. Or take them to play golf. Yeah, there you go. Uh, The best piece of advice I ever received about getting a parent a present was i was i was talking about my dad he's not he's not with me now and somebody said what does he like to do then go do it with there you go best piece of advice ever got there you go of course taking somebody to golf depends on how good you are how good they are might oh that's true (laughs) yeah might be an interesting or if they like to go uh fishing whatever there you go there you go they do have some fishing ponds out at ironwood by the way I don't think you're supposed to fish in them, but I see people doing it all the time. Um, So the former 
Center for Disease Control Prevention Director Robert Redfield was doing an interview earlier this week, and uh, he made a rather fascinating statement that in Maryland, where he is now an advisor to Governor Hogan, he said over the last, uh, I think it was the last six to eight weeks, yes, the last six to eight weeks in Maryland, 40% of the people who have died of COVID were fully vaccinated. Mm. Well, I want to just give you pause. Well, I just saw recent reports. Um, and again, I, you know, I, I hadn't seen that data. Uh, I think you're better off vaccinated if you hadn't had COVID. Oh, uh, I'm not, but, I, again, I'm just saying what he said. And this is the guy that was the former head of the CDC. But this, but, but real data, um, right now, the percentages are higher for people, um, passing COVID on that have been vaccinated than the unvaccinated. And that's not what you're hearing out of Washington. Right. Um, you know, they want to, they want to blame it on the unvaccinated people as far as the spread of it. Oh, and that's, that's, that's just, just not true. Uh, he just, said, I mean, Biden has called it the, the, the crisis of pandemic, the, unvac- the unvaccinated. The pandemic of yeah. the unvaccinated. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. The American thinker had an article today covering um, a opinion piece that was written by Nebraska's attorney general, a guy named Doug Peterson. Apparently, the health department of Nebraska went to him and asked for his opinion as to, um, you know, what should we do if physicians want to prescribe uh, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine? And um, it is an interesting read. It's a fairly long read, and I'm not going to give you all the details, but it's, um, as, as this article in The American Thinker by Jared Winter writes, uh, all the players, the FDA, the CDC, Fauci, Big Pharma, the media, all of them get a serious kick in the butt from this Doug Peterson and basically, he's coming out and saying that ivermectin and um, hydroxychloroquine both have years of uh, safe records. Uh, there was a double-blind, placebo, multi-centered clinical trial with 180 hospital patients um, using ivermectin, and um, the, the results were overwhelming that it helped tremendously— for those people in the early stages of COVID, but also for those people who had actually been admitted to the hospital. And uh, in in most cases, by day 14, people in ivermectin, they were fine and uh, could go back home. Um, And basically, the same thing with um, the respiratory um, benefits of taking hydroxychloroquine and what's interesting about this is hydroxychloroquine is so safe that it can even be prescribed to kids without reservation and to pregnant women. Yeah. And uh, it's, there is uh, zero danger, and it looks like pretty significant benefits. The, the news media, and again, I don't think anyone should take anything unless their physician says you should yeah don't listen to me i'm just i'm just reading this report from but the the recklessness of the news media and the democrats when they talk about hydroxychloroquine just because of donald trump talked about it right that 
Trump was right once again. I mean, I have known people on that for 75 years almost. I mean, anybody that's been in the military has been on it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the fact. But ivermectin, uh, you know, calling it uh, horse dewormer, yeah, is an active ingredient in the horse deworming. I've got some in my farm. But I've, you don't take it like you take a, I'm not, a horse would yeah, take it. Yeah, and I, you know— uh, of course, you know, if we have another pandemic, I might weigh 1,200 pounds like a horse. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm not stupid enough to take something that you're giving a 1,200-pound animal. I wouldn't take it anyway. But to say that people were taking horse dewormer, maybe there were some people were. But, I mean, gosh, a, a guy won a Nobel Prize for for um, for ivermectin for um, some, some uh, well, parasitic issues. I mean, I remember reading an article about that in one of the medical journals, but. He also uh, answers the question of, okay, wh- why the pushback on these two drugs? And one of the initial reasons, uh, he says, well, because the, uh, what's, what's the term? The copyright, it's not copyright. I'm, that's not the right word I'm looking for. But Merck's um, no longer makes any money off this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they had the rights to uh, ivermectin and the patent. They, the patent, yeah. yeah. They, the, mm-hmm. the patent no longer is... Uh, you know, so uh, generic versions are out there. Merck doesn't make any money off that. Um, and when it comes to hydroxychloroquine, he writes, a striking example features one of the most prestigious medical journals, The Lancet. In the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, The Lancet published a paper denouncing hydroxychloroquine as dangerous. Yet the reported statistics were so flawed that journalists and outside researchers immediately began raising concerns. Then one of the authors refused to provide the analyzed data. The paper was retracted, but not before many countries stopped using hydroxychloroquine and trials were canceled or interrupted. The Lancet's own editor-in-chief admitted that the paper was a fabrication, a monumental fraud, and a shocking example of research misconduct in the middle of a global health emergency. Now, they don't talk about the fact that hydroxychloroquine you know that that the uh, the rights were owned by a pharmaceutical company couldn't make money, but uh, obviously uh, the whoever this author was, and the, he's not mentioned in this report. I, you know, malfeasance is about all you can say. I mean, this is medical malfeasance. Yeah, and I, and I have some specific cases that I know about <clears throat> that people were on hydroxychloroquine for. I mean, prescribed by doctors for other medical reasons that had been on it for some time. And, you know, they did not get COVID. And they were surrounded by multiple people that got severe cases of COVID. And, you know, it's Donald Trump mentioned it. You you think Donald Trump just made it up? Donald Trump was getting it from medical people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I know people in pharmaceutical companies that specifically told me that everyone on their staff was taking it. Never underestimate what Donald Trump says. I mean, I said this throughout the four years he was in office when I was doing this program with Sadie. I'd say it over and over again. Sadie oftentimes would be, oh, I don't know about that. And I said, don't underestimate Donald Trump every time he gets it right. And that's now, he says some stupid stuff. Too, he, no, he can, he can <laughs> say it in a caustic manner. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it was pretty rare that he was caught in a, in a lie. I mean, yeah. it, at the end of the day, it, it, he was proven right most times. Five six one eight two five five. Chuck is on the line. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Tom. Hey, Benny. Tom, got a question for you. Um, the Kamala Harris thing with the, uh, the, the video in the churches, 
Yes. Is there a federal election law that says what one gives to one opponent they have to give to the other? Uh, you're thinking about, or is uh, that just for radio and TV? Yeah, that's just for radio and TV. Yeah, I don't think. Okay, a, I wasn't I sure. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was if it was across the board and he could go that way or not. I, I don't think there's any any obligation by churches, and I don't think there should be. I, again, I I'm just saying that you know the the way the IRS handles certain nonprofits, as Benny was talking about, is a huge double standard there. And, uh, you know, if, if a Republican was publicizing that they were going into church, although Mark Robinson has gone into churches, that's, um, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he's spoken there. And, I th- you know, it's, um, I, I, I say let them, let them do it if they want to. I don't know that they should do it from a uh, theological basis, although I will say this, there are certain issues that the church ought to address. I mean, I think there are certain issues such as abortion that, that ought to come into uh a uh, a pastor's sermon perhaps but uh, yeah I, I think without mentioning a candidate's name i mean i don't have a problem with a with a pastor saying yeah there's an important election coming up and these are things these are things that you are fa- foundational for, for our religion and yeah. our faith yeah. and yeah. you ought to look for candidates support those yeah. i don't see a problem with yeah. that see i think you're thinking of uh broadcast uh radio and okay, tv that, yeah. I knew there was something out there that, it, but I didn't know if it applied across the board to all like, yeah, public yeah. institutions. Yeah, I, th- I think they're fine there. So, thanks, Chuck. Appreciate the call. All thanks, right. Chuck. Five six one eight two five five. We're gonna take a time out. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Did you see the uh, jet that crashed? I think it was down in Austin, Texas. Yeah, only one person killed. Is Oh, I, when I, I looked think. at it, I thought no one had died. Um, okay, maybe I... Maybe one, I... one person with minor injuries. Oh, okay. Um, which is unbelievable because if you see the video of the jet after it apparently was taking off, it couldn't get airborne. It ended up going off the end of the runway, crossed the road, came to a stop. Everybody got off. It burst into flames, and it is just a pile of ash at this point with a few pieces of metal sticking out. Nobody died, and uh, one person was injured that had been taken to the hospital, but uh, McDonald Douglas um, MD-87, carrying 21 people, 18 passengers, and uh, three crew members. So uh, good news when you see something like that and nobody uh, is uh, killed in something like that. Secretary, Homeland Security Secretary uh, Mayorkas has tested positive for COVID. It was confirmed today. This is just days after he attended an event with President Biden, and apparently uh, some of the people at this event were not wearing their masks. So um, he's been vaccinated. Well, Mayorkas was vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, hopefully it won't be that uh, bad of a case. Maybe it's those long hours he's been complaining about working. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to work smarter, not harder, because the border is a mess. Now, this really is an important story, this next story out of the Gateway Pundit. The Biden administration announced today that Richard, please call me Rachel Levin, an openly transgender health official, biological male, was sworn biological male was sworn in as the first female four-star admiral in the public health corps. 
Now, think about this. While we're over here doing that, and while uh, Richard, please call me Rachel Levin, gets up and, and says, I stand on the shoulders of those LGBTQ plus individuals who came before me, both those known and unknown. May this appointment today be the first of many more to come as we create a diverse and more inclusive future. What do you think <laughs> communist China is thinking? And that they just launched this nuclear missile, hypersonic nuclear capable missile that circled the globe. They've got all kinds of new silos going up. And what are we doing? We're celebrating. Our, the administration is celebrating Richard, please call me Rachel Levin, as the first, while, they, while he's got an Uncle Albert attached, he is the first <laughs> female four-star admiral in the public health corps. Question: How do you, how do you become a four star admiral with no military experience? I, well, isn't that special? I, I've never. How do you become that. a female if you are a male? Well, which know, is even a little bit more complicated. When um, is it Rachel? We're going by now, not Rich. Rachel, right? Okay. It's Richard. Please call me Rachel Levin. I, I okay. refuse to. When uh, let's let's call Admiral Levin. Let's say there that. you go. There you go. When um. She, he, whatever was appointed to assistant cabinet position. I did a little research on him because I was curious. You know, apparently this person accomplished a lot. The resume is pretty unimpressive. You know, she was the Pennsylvania uh, health secretary director, of health, secretary yeah. of health, yeah. and but prior to that, uh, you know, I, I mean, I've known a lot more resumes that looked, uh, you know, a lot better locally here in uh, Eastern North Carolina. People in the health care industry, so. Well, uh, again, the Democrats checked a box. They had to yep. check a box with Bingo. another label they can put on someone. And and maybe I'm wrong. If somebody has better information, but um, no, I think the, you're pretty accurate. The, the resume, either the resume is what it is, or either you need to, you need to know how to write up a better bio because there's no there there. No. Other than the fact that she now claims to be about uh, whatever I'm, her I'm sorry. her uh past performance when she was in he was in it was in pennsylvania was pretty similar to um andrew cuomo's in terms of the nursing home mm -hmm. however richard please call me rachel levin did get his 95 year old mother removed from a nursing home prior to uh her his order if you if you don't if you haven't seen Rachel, um, picture Otis Campbell in drag <laughs> with a long, blonde, frizzy-looking wig on. And uh, I remember remember the Adams family. Remember Grandma on the Adams family? No, or was it the Adams family, mm -hmm. or was it the uh, the uh, what was the other show? I think it was it was Grandma on the Adams family. If Grandma was about Adams family, and there was the Munsters, yeah, show. No, the Adams family had had Grandma on there. Mm -hmm. If if Grandma was three hundred pounds, that's uh, who Rachel Levin would look like. Uh, anyway, I, I won't beat up. Uh, I just Richard don't see Peace. how someone becomes an admiral with no military experience. I'm sorry, it's kind of it's kind of like it's kind of sliding our military for someone to become an admiral. I mean, a four star. I I, I don't know. President Biden's pick to lead the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, Chris. Magnus would uh, not call the surge of migrants 
crossing the southern border a crisis. He acknowledged that it's very serious, but it's not a crisis. During his confirmation hearing, the former Tucson, Arizona police chief, Todd Young, I'm, I'm sorry, Chris Magnus is the former Tucson, Arizona police chief. He was asked by Todd Young from Indiana if the border situation had reached a crisis level. Quote, let me assure you that no one believes there's greater urgency to this matter than I do, Magnus replied. This led Young to say, hmm, urgent strikes the common ear as less than a crisis. Are you saying there's not a crisis at the border? To that, um, well, what number of legal crossings would you consider a crisis? What if we were to quadruple that number? Would you call that a crisis? Magnus then said, the situation is very serious, and that regardless of what we call it, it is something important to me. Um, James Langford continued this type of questioning, and this guy was just walking in circles, would not answer the question, wouldn't get, you know, it's one of the, well, thank you very much for your question, Senator. Let me say (laughs) that I do think it's very important. But uh, among other things, so this guy is applying for the job to be the head of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. James Langford asks a very reasonable question. What are we going to do? Whether you think it's a crisis or not, what is your plan? His answer to that was, well, you know, if we had a plan, I'm sure you all would have implemented it. If there was an easy solution, we'd do it. And I'm looking at this video and I'm thinking, Donald Trump figured it out. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, you know, the guy's in a tough position, but you think he would be better prepared. Yeah. You think he would have <laughs> the spin ready because... I mean, deep down inside, we know what the Democrats are doing. They want to get more potential voters here, period, plain and simple. If, you, if, if you're a Democrat out there listening and you disagree with that, come, come bring it, because it is the purpose of bringing people over the border illegally is to get them to vote and vote Democrat. Well, listen— But you think he would have—you'd have some kind of spin— for the obvious. Oh, he didn't. Know? His only spin on this is, well, we want to have, we want to allow these people to proceed as quickly and safely as possible. That was his answer. Well, we just need to make sure there's not congestion at the border. We need to do a better job of just greasing the skids so these people can slide right in. It was basically what he was answering it with. And it's a slap in the face to Americans to, okay, you don't have to ask them to. Are they vaccinated? You don't have to require that they be vaccinated. If they've got symptoms, you're not going to quarantine them, and they just come over the border. But yet, you want to require Americans to have a vaccine. It's yeah. th- that's why people aren't getting vaccinated because they don't trust the freaking government when this kind of mess is going on. While the White House is exempt, the teachers' union is ex- the exempt. The postal union, the postal union is exempt. Yep, and uh, yet everybody else. You gotta, you, could, you can't make it. It's kiss it's kiss the president's ring. They're not in. They're not inept. The Biden administration is not inept. They, they, this is intentional. It is absolutely intentional. Well, it is interesting. We got to take another time out. And we get back. Bill De Blasio and Joe Biden have come together to unite America, and believe it or not, they're successful. I'll tell you why. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. 
Well, how conservative is America? Well, if you're watching cable news, uh, apparently conservatism is uh, at an all-time high. Fox News Channel has been the most watched basic network for 35 states, weeks. Now, that's not just of news. That's of all cable. They, uh, Fox averaged $1.5 million to finish uh, October 11th through the 17th. Um, TBS finished with 930,000. Um, ESPN came in third, 897,000. But when you look at the primetime hours, 8 to 11, Fox News averaged 2.3 million viewers <laughs> compared to 1.2 million for MSNBC, 661,000 for CNN, which is the worst numbers, I think, in the history of CNN, isn't it? That's got to be bad. I mean, the, the, it's, I mean, for it's a national the, coverage, I mean, that would be like the curling event at the Olympics would get more viewership than that. Yeah. <laughs> MSN, MSNBC had its worst weekend since 1997. CNN primetime had the smallest turnout since 2019. The Biden administration um, and Bill de Blasio, they've come together to unite Americans, and I'm talking about all kinds of Americans. I'm talking about patriot freedom groups, Trump supporters, teachers, labor unions, medical freedom advocates, Black Lives Matter. They've come together in New York to protest these masks and primarily the vaccine mandates and uh, it is really interesting. The Gateway Pundit is reporting on this and just saying that, you know, this, these policies, and in some cases people are calling them illegal policies, and they certainly are illegal when they come down and demand that private enterprise have their employees vaccinated. But um, there is a group that have been getting together on a regular basis Worldwide Rallies for Freedom is the name of the group. They started out weeks ago with a couple of hundred people showing up, and now there are thousands showing up. Over the weekend, they had the biggest uh, protest to date. Uh, people are, regardless of the background, I mean, you have Black Lives Matters uh, folks standing next to the Patriot Freedom Groups and Trump supporters all all irritated, and I'm trying to keep it PG here, at both de Blasio and uh, Cousin Eddie. De Blasio has got to be the worst gov- uh, worst mayor, mayor of all time. In, in all of history. The um, good guys are winning, though. Southwest Airlines has uh, basically put on hold their uh, memos that uh, you got to be vaccinated or you're gone. Uh, Southwest Airlines walked back this plan to put unvaccinated staffers who were seeking religious or medical exemptions on unpaid leave beginning in December. Now, they haven't said we're eliminating the vaccine mandate, but they're basically saying, ah, we're sort of put it on hold, see what happens, and uh, you just keep working, we'll keep paying you. <laughs> so the well, good guys are winning. Yeah, it's got to keep, got to keep the dormant. You got to yep. stand up. Yeah. Well, you don't have anybody to run your airline. Hey, we'll do it again tomorrow. I look forward to it. Five o'clock. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.